Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. So I'm going to share with you on vision. Vision is about where you're going and how you plan to get there. So in simple, vision is about where you are going. And I'm talking about with Yoda, the things that you have to do, where you are going and how you plan to get there. We know the popular saying that if you don't know where you are going, any road will take you there. But if you know where you're going, if you have vision, you cannot afford to detour because you know it will compromise your ability to reach your destiny, to get to where you are going. And so it is very important that every one of us carve out a vision for our lives. Even if you have to update it from time to time, it is dangerous to live without a vision. It is important to take time out, to sit down and carve out a vision for your life. It is not good to live that loosely because you will actually do injustice to your own ability and the resources that God placed in your life. I want to read a verse out of Proverbs chapter 29. We will read verse 8. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. People are not excited about associating their life with the word perish. It's not one of those words that you want to welcome with open arms, especially if it relates to your life. But if you don't do what is required of you, you are embracing the very thing that you're trying to resist in another way. So where there is no vision, the wise man Solomon said, the people perish. Another version says the people cast off restraint. In other words, there are no boundaries. So people just do whatever they want to do. Just act the way they want to. And if you are working on a goal, an objective, you cannot afford not to have boundaries. If you are going to become all that God wants you to be, you cannot afford to cast off restraint. You know, in the book of Judges, 
the Bible says that there was no king in Israel at that time. And the people did what was right in their own sight. There were no boundaries. They, they cast off restraint. And uh, the book of Judges records the worst period of failures in Israel history. It's not a good place to be where you don't live by guidelines. With structure in your life. So, another way of saying it is where there is no vision, people stay locked in cycles, in systems that are unproductive for them. In other words, they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again that is not working, that is doing more injustice to them than anything else. They're locked in cycles that are unproductive for them. And many of you listening in this morning know what I'm talking about. You've been trying to get out of cycles that you've been locked in for decades. And we appreciate the effort, but it has to happen fast because we have to get in kingdom cycle. Systems that compromises your ability and encourages bad habits and attitudes are not good for you. And you have to ensure that you don't channel your life along that line. Otherwise, you're actually going to be destroying yourself. You see, some people live in their own little world. And that has made them unable to relate to the realities that matter. Because they're locked in their own cycles, in their own system, in their own world. And as I said, it has made them unable, or to make you unable to relate to the realities that matter, and particularly the realities of the kingdom of God. You see, if you don't relate to the kingdom realities, then the kingdom realities cannot create the realities of your life. And if the kingdom realities are not creating the realities of your life, then something else is creating those realities. And that something else would be anti-God and it would just be setting you up for failing. So it is very important that you don't establish your own little world and live in there, but we live according to the, the structure of the kingdom of God, of which vision is a very important part. So I will ask you this morning, what is creating the realities of your life? Is it the politics? Is it just your family? Is it your money? Is it emotions? 
the world that you live in, that you operated, the structure that you operated, what is it that is creating the realities of that world, that structure? Is it the kingdom of God? Is it the kingdom realities? As I said, anything other than the kingdom of God is, is creating the realities of your life will eventually compromise your ability to grow in God the way God intended for you to grow and be successful. When you live in your own little world, you can't see anything except what you do and then you make the mistake of thinking that everything revolves around how you think and everything operates on your schedule. And don't realize that you are the only one that is actually living in that world and that you are actually setting up yourself for failure. So I'm saying to you this morning, it is important to establish a vision on kingdom premise for your life so you can get some direction for your life because vision is one of those things that is direction. It provides direction for your life. Remember, we say it's about where you are going and how you plan to get there. It is directional. You know the importance of direction in life on any level. If an aircraft lifts from Montego Bay going to Fort Lauderdale, direction is absolutely important to them to get to their destination. If you leave out of your house to go to school in the morning, Direction is absolutely important. You don't just walk out and turn any direction if you like. To go to work in the morning, direction is important. And if work is left when you come out of the house, you don't just feel like I'm tired of going left every morning and just get out and go right. Direction is important. Direction is important to your life. So you can't just wake up one morning and decide that, look, I'm tired of going the direction of the Lord. I want to try something else. What else are you going to do? Because that is going to lead you to a destination, which is going to be anti-God. And so it is very important for you to establish vision in your life so you can have the right direction. The important things when you're under pressure is to have vision because you know that when that time comes and you're under pressure that yes, this might seem difficult, but I have to press through this. I have to find a way to make this work because I cannot take the other direction because my vision is this direction. When you don't have vision, you are under extra pressure in the seasons of difficult times. Difficulties. 
The absence of money is not the real indicator of poverty. It is the absence or lack of vision. If you have an active vision, you might not have money right now, but it is coming. When you don't have money and you don't have vision, that is when you're poor. You set up yourself that time to become a liability. You might not have money right now, as I said, but vision is important. So, even in terms of relationship, and I speak to the, the young people and those who are not married, and even those who are married, a lesson. You know, going into a relationship, you can't just offer your body because you become a liability when you do that. You are an asset when you offer, you, you have a vision for your life. You know where you're going. It might not produce the amount of money you want yet, but guess what? You have a vision and you know where you're going. And the same thing with the young men. You cannot marry somebody on the premise that they're cute. Cute what? I mean, it's not all of us are all cute. It cannot be the premise. That's a liability right there. What is your vision? What do you bring to my life? Where are you going? Because if you don't know where you're going, you can't take me anyway. Vision. Yeah, he might not have a lot of money right now, but I can see his vision. What could you go to university for three, four years and get qualified, you have your vision. Marry a guy that has no sense of direction. And you don't say amen anywhere you are. Just, just listen to her. Might be getting yourself in a little trouble. Let me take the trouble. But vision, it is important that there is a vision. But again, you can't demand a vision from people when you don't have one yourself. So the first person to work on is you. What is your vision? Yeah, it might not be the most polished right now, but hey, you can work on it day by day, but you have a sense of direction. You see, an active vision will synergize your life. It will put your life in good rhythm. And rhythm is important to producing good results in life. Successful athletes always talk about rhythm. Can you get into my rhythm in the race or I got into my rhythm early and it helped me in my drive phase or things like that. Successful athletes have rhythm and it helps them to produce good results. Rhythm will help you to produce good results and vision is going to be a part of that rhythm. Vision helps to make that rhythm a possibility. I remember when Coach René Smoyes was here in Jamaica coaching the national soccer team. 
uh, the only man to take the national soccer team in Jamaica to the World Cup finals. And there were some problems in the team, and he was complaining that, listen, I don't know how to coach 11 players. I can coach a team, but not 11 players. He's talking about rhythm and synergy. He said, I mean, I can't coach 11 different players for the match. I coach a team. And so if we're not united, it puts all kinds of pressure on me to get the results that I intend. So even though this guy might be the best player, if he's causing this unity, good coaches are prepared to trade him or, or drop him from the team because they need the rhythm and the synergy of the team to get the results. It is important that we develop that rhythm to produce certain results in our lives, and vision is a big, is a big part of that. It doesn't matter what resources you put in people's hands. If they don't have vision, they are bound to mismanage those resources. Doesn't matter what resources you put in people's hands. If they don't have vision, they are bound to mismanage those resources. We've seen it over and over and over again. In fact, I want to read about the parable of the talent from St. Matthew chapter 25 and show you a few things there. St. Matthew chapter 25 and we're going to read from verse 14. Parable of the time. Right? For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Right? According to how he is capable of managing what he was given. And that included a whole structure of vision. And immediately he went on a journey. Next verse. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And so he had a plan. He executed trading. And likewise, he who had received two gave two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. He had no vision. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides besides them. 
His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. All right. Just before we read the other verse there. So God looked at the man that traded his five, managed it, had a vision for it, got five more, and he said, well done. Now, when God tell you well done, it's, it's a moment to, you know, just breathe and, and receive. This is to say, thank you, Jesus. And the master tells you, well done. So he said to this man, well done. I mean, I've seen you at work. In other words, you put a structure around that thing. You traded. You brought back five. And don't only that. He said, hey, you are going to be ruler over many. In other words, more resources are going to come your way to manage. And so as you manage the more resources, then you will produce more and more and more and more. Now you understand the concept that those who have much will still gain more. But you see, those who don't have, it's going to be hard for them to gain because they don't have what to manage whatever is possible coming into their lives. So he said, you who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Next verse, just before we read. Now, one had two, one had five. I want to also point out here that your vision might not be as big as mine. My vision might not be as big as the other person. We are not necessarily having vision for the same area of life, but we are all working towards building the body. So because certain things look good on me, doesn't mean that you should leave what you're doing and come and do this. You know, everybody is selling sheep and that seems like it's producing money. So I'm giving up on selling goats. No, it don't necessarily go like that. You manage according to your ability. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. See? Now, first thing, and this, this is so typical of people, he's not taking responsibility for what happened. He's blaming the Lord, blaming the master. And that's it when people don't properly manage their resources. They hardly take responsibility. They want to blame somebody else. When they don't put the structure of vision in their lives, they blame God, they blame church, they blame politicians, they blame everybody. So he said, I know knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here you have what is yours. Next verse. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew 
that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the banker, and at my coming, I would have received back my own interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has given talents. For look at the other verse, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Well, not it's not going to be taken away just because you have less and the master don't like you. No, it's because you don't have any vision, any structure to develop what you have to get more. So rather than you're idling, idling, somebody else uses it. And I'm saying to you, I make the point, it doesn't matter what resource you put in the hands of people who don't have vision, they will mismanage you. I don't really believe that work employment is as difficult as some people make it. It's just that people are lacking in vision. We need to get going. You can't live your life without vision. It's dangerous. You cannot live merely from day to day and be successful. If you do that kind of stuff of just living from day to day, you will always be in the position of believing God for a blessing rather than living in the overflow. There are times when you believe God for a blessing. That's appropriate at times. But it is better to live in the overflow. In other words, how many of you would rather wake up every day thinking about what you're going to buy with your money to eat or to get through life rather than wake up thinking where is the money going to come from to take care of this and that and whatever and all that kind of stuff. You'd rather have the money and think how am I going to spend it? Live in the overflow rather than just be believing every day for blessing. Now, I'm not saying that if you're at that stage, it's not something you have to work with and grow. I'm just saying that's not the best level that God has for you. And I'm saying also that even in living in the overflow, yeah, there are times when you still believe God for something that you're climbing into new levels. So appropriately, just making it clear, you will believe God for a blessing from time to time, whatever level you are on. But it's not what you want to do every day. You want to live in the overflow so that you can speak to some things in your life. It's hard for your, your mother, your father, close relatives that you have, to call you and say, I don't have anything to eat. And you can't do anything about it. It hurts. To, to have to tell them on the phone that, listen, I don't have anything, but I'm going to pray and believe that God will send something for you. That's a different feeling when you come off the phone than when you say, listen, I am wiring somebody to you right now. It makes a difference. 
You understand what I'm saying? And so, if you put that structure of vision in your life, you put yourself in a position of living in the overflow. Vision helps with focus. When you are consumed with a vision, it is more difficult to be distracted by things that are not so important. When you have no vision, no focus, simple things distract. Vision help with focus. Let me say that sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. Remember that your heart is your spirit. So that means vision can see and conceive what eyes can't see because it is your spirit that is born again and in fellowship with God. So it can conceive things that the centrum can't conceive. So Joseph in the Old Testament, Joseph conceived the vision in his spirit and he saw those around him bowing down to him. His eyes couldn't see it. And for a long time, his eyes couldn't see it. But that vision was not a function of sight. It was a function of the heart. You might have a vision and you have only seen bits and pieces of it so far and your eyes can't see and your eyes keep harassing you about that vision possibly not coming to pass. You've got to understand that sight is a function of the eyes, but vision is a function of the heart. Eventually, your eyes will see it. Joseph's eyes saw it. Eventually. Sight can't always relate to vision because sight is limited. But the more you engage God, is the more your spirit will soar. Habakkuk says, write the vision and make it plain so he that read it will run with it. Your vision must be documented. Have some book or you know, these days we probably don't talk about books again. You have your tablet, phone, computer. Your vision should be documented so that you can read it over and over because as much as you remember it in one moment and it is consuming you, six months after that, you're busy involved in all kinds of stuff, you probably don't remember all the details. Although it's your vision. That's the reality of it. That is why Habakkuk said, write it, make it plain, so when you read it, or he that read it, will run with it. So it is important. I encourage you this very evening to begin to document your vision if you have not done so already. Write where you want to go in life and how you plan to get there. And even though your eyes can't see it, Remember that vision 
is a function of the heart. If you have no vision, you could find yourself in a place if you are not careful where you spend the rest of your life doing other people's vision, even in the church, what God has called them to do, but you never really get going on what God has called you to do. And what God has called you to do is not necessarily outside of the church. What I'm saying is that you are a part of the body and you complement a vision of the church that you're involved in. But everybody has their leg to run. So yes, there is a time to assist others. There is a time to help make somebody else's vision possible. But you also have to realize that there comes a time when you have to step out in your vision that God has put in your heart. So that's why when Moses died, the Bible said, God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, it's your time to step forward. You cannot afford to miss your now, therefore. This could be your season for your now, therefore. We're not in any way suggesting that you undermine visions that you're working with, but whenever you're now, therefore, come, be ready to step forward. In fact, let me say this, that if you're serving somebody else's vision and you're now, therefore, has come, go and have a discussion with the person. Talk to them to say, look, I enjoy serving you for 15 years. But I believe that this is what God is saying to me. Don't, there don't have to be any malice in that. You might be serving in one area of the ministry. But there's another area of the ministry that needs to get going that nothing is happening. And you go talk to your leader and say, look, I've, I've been working in this area, but I see the evangelism area that really needs to get going. And God has been speaking to me about that. And I am going to offer myself to be that ministry. So I won't be able to serve you in this ministry the way I used to serve anymore. I'm still in the ministry, but this is what God is putting on my heart. You are now therefore as well. And so I want to encourage you to not be locked in cycles that are not going anywhere. Not to be locked in systems that are unproductive for you. But ensure that whatever you do in life is building your stocks, is helping you to go forward, to go another step in life towards the destination. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay 
and on Facebook at FCF Montego Bay.